number two of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Each Sunday night we get together for three hours. We talk about the news of the week, the events of our often bizarre lives, and we do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. Coming up in this hour, I will give my detailed predictions for both the Republican and Democratic Iowa caucuses, which are to be held less than 24 hours from the time in which we're doing this broadcast. Uh, That and a whole lot more to get to. In fact, uh, in hour number three, I'll give an update on whether or not uh, the Ziegler family has decided to try to have a second child, which is a subject that I know Leah is very eager to discuss. But before we do... it's a yes. I'm hoping it's a yes. (laughs) Before, Before we do any of that, I do want to, out of fairness and out of curiosity... I want to give Leah Brandon an opportunity to respond to to my uh, diatribe on Ted Cruz uh, in the last segment. Because, look, I mean, I am glad that Ted Cruz is in the U.S. Senate. He belongs in the U.S. Senate. There's a place for him there. He's an ideologue who, um, you know, seems to have at least a backbone. He seems to believe most of what he says. And and he's certainly a hardcore conservative. There's no doubt about any of that. So that I will give him. He just cannot beat Hillary Clinton, and I don't think he's a good person, and I think that is the reason why. You, you can't claim, Leah, that the entire U.S. Senate on the Republican side hates Ted Cruz simply because he's the only one with a backbone. If if the other guys with a backbone, the other five to ten guys with a backbone said, hey, we like Ted Cruz, I would say, oh, okay. But the fact that even they don't like him, that makes me think that my gut feeling about him is probably accurate. But you tell me, why do you like him? Why, tell me why. I really want to understand. Well, first of all, uh, for all of those reasons that you just said, um, which are great reasons, uh, you say that you know he can't beat Hillary Clinton. But remember, I'm still not all in on the whole Hillary Clinton is the nominee thing. I'm just not all the way in. I know it seems very obvious that she's going to get it. She's not going to be indicted. You talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I realize your point with that, and it's not going to happen. Okay, I was holding out hope for that. You dashed it. But I still don't think... Uh, you know, I'm just not all in for the Hillary thing. So I'm still along for the ride and really enjoying Ted Cruz because, you know, he's one. Jeff Sessions, for me, is the other. Mm-hmm. He and Sessions are the only two really in Washington that when they say they're going to do something, they do it. Okay? Right. I'm sick of being let down by politicians. And so I hold those two, that would be my presidential ticket, Sessions, Cruz. Uh, that would be it. In that, okay? order, in that order or Cruz, yes, Sessions? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. no. All right, well, oh, no. Sessions, Cruz. Well, Sessions is, Sessions is not running, nor would he, nor could he win, but okay. Um, I, I like, love him. I, he's great, but he belongs in the U.S. Senate, just like Ted Cruz does. I don't understand why okay. don't, why the disconnect on the nature of the job. I mean, it's, it's being in the U.S. Senate and being president of the United States are two totally different things, especially for a Republican when it comes to trying to get elected. So why, why don't you accept that? Well... I don't think his power is being used to its greatest extent in the Senate. But, but I can't. think here's what I want. I want his tax program. 
Mm-hmm. He's the only one who's put forward a really good, easy, comprehensive, I think it would ignite the economy in this country. Mm-hmm. 10%. It would be incredible. Mm-hmm. I do think he's very, very smart. You don't think he's smart. You think you think that he's not as smart as he thinks he is. Now to, be, to, but, to, be, to be correct, to, just to be factual about it, I think he's very smart. I think he thinks of himself as a flippin' genius, which is why he's able to snake around, slither is probably the better adjective to use, slither through every difficult issue because he's so smart. He thinks that he can cover his ass wherever he goes, like on the immigration bill, like on ethanol, um, that kind of thing. So he's a smart guy. He's just not as smart as he thinks he is. He's He's got a little Obama in him when it comes to that kind of thing. Ziegler, who else would go to Iowa and tell the people there he's taking away their subsidies? He tried to get out of that. And then when he realized that didn't work, he went back to the principled stance. I mean, there's a reason, Leah, why the the Republicans in the Senate do not like him. And by the way, I didn't get to finish the, the point on that. This is important. And you might not, I know you're not gonna like it and it's probably not fair. But the real world is that when you have not one, but at least a dozen Republican senators on record saying horrible things about you, that's a ready-made commercial for Hillary Clinton. Look, and, uh, yeah, I understand and, that. And, but and, look, and that makes you unelectable. I, I, unelectable. None, unelectable. None of that makes any difference to me because I've spent how many years hearing all the Republicans slam the Tea Partiers? Does that mean the Tea Partiers are horrific, horrible people? No, no it doesn't. But they, it means that those Tea Partiers are trying to take away power from those people, and they hate them for it. And that's why you, Ted Cruz is hated. He can't be bought. He can't be swayed. Uh, really? He's one of those guys I told you that they the can't bring over. Me, right? What, I mean, he's he's taken an awful lot of money from a very small group of people, first of all, and and like every other politician, you know, he's desperate for for donations. Well, but but uh, Leah, look, he's trying to win. Uh, I, the number one thing about Ted Cruz, I firmly believe, unlike Donald Trump and all, uh, many other people, most of them, I honestly believe he loves America, and I really believe. He is a constitutional guy and that he could bring us back and maybe stop a little bit of this. All right, but he has no chance of winning because – Okay, but I'm telling you, you asked me why I like him and I'm just telling you the reason. I appreciate it. I get it and I appreciate it. You and I differ um, a lot when it comes to – who we think are frauds and, and who are not frauds, you, you tend to – it's weird. I mean, because I don't, I don't consider you to be a naive person. No, uh, but, he's but, not a fraud. But nah, I think he is. I, I, I think he's all about himself. I really do. I, I think that Ted Cruz is a bad person who is all about himself. I mean, that mailing that the, his campaign sent out to Iowa the last few days was the most disgraceful political oh, mailing please. I've ever seen. That was a joke. Um, you know, now he's Our rapping. own party's been doing it all over the yeah, country. Yeah, I, I think it was disgraceful. And and, <laughs> and um, 
And I also think now what he's doing in the last couple of days, embracing, you know, religion, which is oftentimes the last bastion of scoundrels. Are you uh, kidding? He had two books on his table growing up. The, he had the Bible and the Constitution. I'm not saying he's not a religious person. I'm saying, oh. I'm saying he's using it to try to win the Iowa caucuses. Oh, that, why not? <laughs> Why not? Because it won't. You want people to support you who believe in the same things you do. Because those sound bites will be used against him in a general election. Not what? Because everyone hates hates God. Um, That's just the Democrats. I'm telling you, his his cadence and his as you've acknowledged. Okay, now that's a problem. He comes off as a televangelist, and when America is not going to elect a guy who comes off as a, a used car salesman televangelist who. Who's a Bible thumper? I'm sorry. I mean, it's Look, just not going to happen. I have gone on record and on Twitter sending him a tweet <laughs> saying, I need two hours to fix you with your delivery and we can work this out. He has not gotten back to me. All right. Well, I, I would reconsider my Ted Cruz position if that ever happened. I really would. So let's hope that that occurs. <laughs> All right. When we come back, um, uh, I, we got to talk about. Um, should I do my predictions for the Republican side first, or should we do the Democrats and then do both the predictions at the okay, same buh, buh, time? Buh, buh, buh. We're not going to finish the Ted Cruz discussion oh. without hearing Megan oh. Kelly. All right, let's do that when we come back. All right, on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And uh, Leah has uh, made a declaration that um, the uh, program was not going to move on without her playing a clip from after the debate, the Republican debate on Fox News Channel, which occurred between Megyn Kelly and Senator Ted Cruz after. And this was very, very strange in a lot of levels, Leah. I think you'll acknowledge, even though we disagree on Ted Cruz. Well, it was two different Megyn Kellys. Well, yeah. During the debate, Megyn Kelly played a series of clips, which in my mind show unequivocally that Ted Cruz is not telling the full truth, or at least doesn't want you to know the full truth, about what he really tried to do and what he really wanted to have happen with regard to the so-called, whatever you want to call it, amnesty bill, immigration reform bill of uh, 2013. And then after the debate, when Cruz and Megyn Kelly were head-to-head in an interview together, she basically backed away from what she had played uh, and what she had asked during the debate itself. So you want to go ahead and play that clip? All right. And I just want to say that this is edited. I just took two of Megan's statements, and here we go. But, I, I mean, I look back at your record a lot to see, did, did Ted Cruz really want legalization or didn't he? I think the record supports you that you did not want it. I, it does. That it really was a poison pill amendment. Listen, this I looked at this for a long time, and I thought, is he lying about this poison pill thing? The record supports you, supports yeah. you that it was a poison pill. There you go. And, and, and that Which makes is no, insanity to right. me. I agree with you. It makes no sense. because, And here's why it makes no sense. And let me give you my theory on it, which I don't think you're going to agree with, but for whatever it's worth, here it is. The way Fox News Channel does these debates, and they've acknowledged this in, in, in numerous articles, 
where where Megan Kelly and the other moderators, Brett Baer and Chris Wallace, they get together with a bunch of uh, of their top producers, and they, I mean, they go through systematically what questions are going to be asked, and it's not haphazard. This does not happen. You know, off the wall, you know, on the fly. This is not an audible that suddenly got called in the middle of the debate. This was planned with planned. hours and hours of analysis. So they you know they had Trump, too. And then he dropped out, which was a good new good move on Trump's part. <laughs> yes, it was. So uh, maybe not, on, you know, maybe not by coincidence. But um, anyway, back to this. So so they spend hours literally preparing this. They play this clip, which, again, to me, is devastating. The clip is devastating and it's not just one clip it's numerous clips from Cruz talking about his intent with regard to the amendment he's trying to add to the immigration reform bill and then when face to face with Cruz you just played the clips she does about a almost a full 180 I mean about as much of 180 as you can possibly do and as I think you said to me in an email why ask the question if if you've already acknowledged later that you don't believe it's a legitimate question i mean it's she accused him of acting and in this after the debate right, thing, she says was it an act was that an act right, right. during the debate she says that i mean it was kind of like a candy crowley with benghazi on on mitt romney remember when she acknowledged after the debate oh by the way uh, romney's right you know no he one's was right no one's watching now but um <laughs> it's unreal but, but, it's like what are these people but doing? here's my theory Okay, knowing the way these people work, and it's a lot about egos, and I know this sounds silly, but when somebody is sitting face-to-face with somebody, and it's one-on-one, and it's after the debate, and who knows what was said during the commercial break, whatever, as they were you know, getting ready to do their hit, I'm telling you, I felt, I felt personally that Megyn Kelly simply wimped out within Ted Cruz's presence and wanted to throw him a bone. That's what it felt like to me. Because, no. because again, because the, the first decision to play the clip was one that was made after hours of analysis. The, the second clip you played was made instantaneously. It was made literally on the fly. It was it was off the cuff. Hey, you know what? I've looked at this and I don't think you were you were acting. I, I don't think that um, you know you were lying about whether or not this was a poison pill. Um, I think he was lying about whether it was a poison pill. You know what? Actually, though, <sighs> you know, let me let me rephrase that. I think it's worse than that. I think Ted Cruz wanted it both ways. I think, and he, I, this is where I get to where, where I always say Cruz is so smart, he thinks he's smarter than everybody else in the room. I think Cruz planned this as both a poison pill and as a way out if he wanted to get out of it. So they could have it both ways, because that's the way Ted Cruz looks at everything. What's good for Ted Cruz? And that's what I think was really happening, which would, might be why Megyn Kelly's is confused, because She's right in both instances. It was a lie, and it was a poison pill, because Cruz wanted it both ways. You're not going to agree with me on that, are you? It, it, no, because it wasn't a lie. I mean, but, all those clips she, that she played was when he was debating on the floor. I mean, look, this this issue has been gone over. The only person who flip-flopped was Marco Rubio. And yeah. the reason he did it was because the, the poll numbers went down. And he was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. 
And now all of a sudden I'll, he's not for it. I'll agree with you that Marco Rubio flip-flopped on this issue, but I have no problem but, with that. I have no he, I have no problem with that. Okay, when we come back, I gotta get my predictions on what's gonna happen in Iowa tomorrow, and we gotta get to the Democratic side as well on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon, and we're playing Ode to Joy because we're finally out of the theoretical, and tomorrow we get into the reality, reality of actual voting as the Iowa caucuses will take place less than 24 hours from the time of this broadcast, and we'll st- we still need to get into what's going on on the Democratic side, Leah Brandon, but I want to give um, my prediction in this segment uh, for the Republican side, which is really, I think, the side with, which has by far the most mystery to it. And, of course, almost all the mystery is wrapped in Donald Trump. And I have to say, Leah, I think you, you know me about as well as anybody, that when my head, my heart, and my gut are all in alignment on something that I know a lot about, I'm never wrong. Never. I mean, um, however... Um, I don't deal well when one or two of those things is in conflict with the other. And Donald Trump has my head, my heart, and my gut very conflicted. I mean, I'm all over the map on on Donald Trump. I mean, there's parts of Donald Trump that I like a lot. I know. And, me too. And if, I, and if I thought he could win and if I thought he could govern, I'd be the, the, the head of his cheerleading squad. I don't though. Um, And as far as how he's actually going to do, putting on my political cap, which for those who are not that familiar with this show, I I have quite a good record uh, when it comes to political predictions, especially when it comes to uh, presidential political predictions going uh, quite far back. And um, again, when my head, my heart, and my gut are aligned, I'm never wrong. Now, when it comes to Trump and Iowa, there are two basic schools of thought. And my head, Leah, keeps telling me that this can't this can't be happening. This is not right. Uh, these people are not really going to show up. Um, right. It's, it's it's quite possible. And this is the analogy that I came up with over the weekend. Tell me what you think about this. You know, I, I live in a um, a small community outside of Los Angeles, and uh, during the summertime, we have um, concerts, concert series, like a lot of small towns do, right? Right. And and they're not. These are not big names at all that do these concerts. In fact, some of them are like impersonators of big names. <laughs> but with, they, it gets huge crowds um, because there's nothing else to do. There's nothing else to do. And so it's the thing to do every other Saturday in the summertime in my town is to go to the park. And there's, you know, a couple, I don't know, like a couple thousand people there. And they're, and they're waiting in line for, I mean, they put their chairs down days in advance, right? <laughs> and they're there, and it's the thing to do. It's now, the temptations where none of them are actually in the band. That type of thing, right? And so, and of course, they're always there selling their wares. Yes. Now, I guarantee you, the vast majority of the people that go to these things would never think about actually buying the CD or the album or whatever. Right. So and and the analogy here is, of course, 
lots of people are going to see Donald Trump because he's a great act, especially if you live in a small town in Iowa and there's nothing else going on in the middle of winter time. But, okay. but are you going to buy the CD? Are you going to show up in the middle of, you know, in the beginning of February, in the middle of the night, on a cold night where it might snow, and are you going to stick around for an hour, and in front of your friends and your neighbors, are you going to actually vote for the guy? I, I question that. I, I am, you know, and, and, and there's part of my brain that says this cannot be happening. And I'm going with the fact that the Iowa polling is usually a little hanky. Meaning what? Because because you don't know who's going to show up and who's not. So I'm not even going with the polling. Okay. All right. (laughs) I'm thinking it's a lie. Okay. Well, well, I want to get to your prediction in a minute, but let me just explain the basis of my prediction. So there's there's two thing, two, two basic roads of thought, if you will, on Trump. My, My head says He's going to underperform. He's going to crap the bed. He's going to go under the Ziegler threshold. And the Ziegler threshold for Trump has been 23%. I've been saying this for months. If he goes under 23%, the whole thing implodes, especially if he loses, which he almost certainly would if he got 22% or lower than that. Here's how I look at it from Trump's perspective. If he gets under 23%, he, his candidacy will implode eventually, maybe quite fast. If he gets 23 to 28%, he is into the convention. Now, he might not be the nominee, but he's going to have a hell of a role at that convention, regardless of when it ends up happening. If he gets 28 to 34%, he's probably going to be the nominee. And if he gets 35% or over, it's over. If he, gets, mm-hmm. if he somehow gets 35% or more tomorrow night... Just end it because Donald Trump is going to be the nominee because there's no stopping him at that point because he'll win New Hampshire, he'll win Nevada, he'll win South Carolina before anyone knows what the hell has hit him. And by that point, it's too late. I don't anticipate that happening, but that is within the realm of possibility. So what is going to happen? Well, my gut tells me, my gut tells me that, that my head is wrong. That he's not going to, this can't, that, that, that we're not going to go through all of this and then all of a sudden Donald Trump. Uh, you know, um, does the big reveal and his and his wee wee turns out to be tiny. Um, I, I don't believe that that's what's going to happen. I don't necessarily believe in the tidal wave theory, um, but that's all going to be based on turnout. I mean, I've never ever seen a situation where turnout was more important than this particular contest. I mean, and everybody acknowledges it, which of course always makes me nervous when everybody thinks something is true. I get the heebie-jeebies, but in this case, I think everyone thinks it's true because it's true. If, if we're getting reports that all these caucus places are jam-packed and that it's record turnout, look out because that's, that's good. my prediction. That's your prediction? I think a ton of people are going to come out. And if it, Well, if that happens, if a ton of people come out, then Trump's your winner. And if it's a and if it's a super big t- a ton of people, if it's like you know shattering all the records by a large margin, he could end up getting that 35 percent mark, which is Katie bar the door, look out below, <laughs> this thing's over with. Um, now, so what is going to happen? Um, I, I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. And here's my official prediction: uh, I believe that Donald Trump is going to win tomorrow. I can't believe I can't believe I'm saying that, but I think that Donald Trump is going to win. But I think it's going to be very close. Uh, and you know, frankly, if it's very close, that's good enough for Trump. 
because let's face it, and I've made this prediction before, but I'll make it again because it's the night before, and I want to make sure people remember it in case it happens. If this thing is remotely close, you know, two or three points, um, and it's undecided, Cruz can't take a victory lap because if he comes out to take the victory lap, I guarantee you Trump is going to give him 35 seconds and he's going to come out and give the speech. Oh, and, yeah. And, and, and the networks will all cover Trump and not Cruz. Absolutely. And Trump will be allowed to declare victory before all the votes are counted and everyone goes home. And, you know, if it's a tie, that's good enough. So the tie goes to Trump, basically, is what I'm saying here. Tie goes to Trump, but I think Trump will win. And I think Trump Look, will. Even if Ted Cruz wins by 10 points, Trump will still come out because he's a Canadian anchor baby. <laughs> And maybe that'll be the theme of his speech. He wants to save the Republican Party from the Canadian anchor baby who's now leading and is the front runner coming out of Iowa. So he's doing this for the party. That's um, right. Okay, so so here's just for the record, for whatever this is worth, um, I believe that Donald Trump will win with 26, which puts him in that range of where I think that means he goes all the way to the convention and could end up being the nominee, but it's not a sure thing. I think Cruz does exactly what the polls say. I think the Cruz turnout machine is is what people say it is, although, boy, they are bragging about their turnout machine. I mean, in a big, big way. That always makes me a little nervous. When, when Yeah, Cam- that means that you don't have a turnout machine. <laughs> I don't know. Well, no, they, they do, but they're bragging about it a lot. And when you brag about it a lot, I'd, I'd rather be the campaign that has a great turnout machine It doesn't brag about it. But uh, my guess is that Cruz ends up with 24%. Rubio uh, is third at 17 Remarkably, despite being totally ignored, I think Ben Carson is probably going to either get 9 or 10%. He's going to be right on that double-digit razor's edge. It's amazing how, how strong, or not strong, but how durable that support for Carson has been because he's gone nowhere for months. But I think Carson finishes fourth around 10%. I think Rand Paul is going to edge out Jeb Bush for fifth, probably somewhere around 8%. And I think Jeb Bush will humiliate himself. Um, and probably end but up, but not go away. But not go away. That's the real headline. You're exactly right. That cannot be underestimated. It's an unbelievable that he is not re- not uh, falling out of the race, and and even worse than that. Not it's worse than him not dropping out of the race. He's trying to destroy other candidates who could win, like Marco Rubio, which is just beyond outrageous. But I think Bush ends up with something like three or four percent. So for for the record, I think it'll be Trump, Cruz, Rubio, Carson, Paul, Bush, and then all the other guys will be. Add to one, two, or three percent. Uh, by the way, it should be noted how amazing it was. I can't believe we didn't mention this. That, that Mike Huckabee and Rick Santorum uh, <laughs> humiliated themselves worse than even Jeb Bush's by attending yeah. that that Donald Trump. A uh, non-debate uh, event uh, against the Fox News Channel debate. So it's it's here's here, I tweeted this out today. How amazing is this? So effectively, by attending that event. Uh, Santorum and Huckabee, the last two Iowa caucus winners, by the way, were yes, af- were effectively not only you know uh, uh, making themselves the beta to Donald Trump's alpha, but they were effectively endorsing him over Ted Cruz, uh, both both of whom they have spoken poorly about. So get this: so Bob Dole did the same thing today. Bob Dole won the Iowa caucuses twice, and today he said he would he would support Trump over Cruz. So this is an amazing stat. Amazing. I mean, you would if you told me this five months ago, I would have thought this is impossible. Every single living winner of the Republican Iowa caucus, not named Bush, has said they would support Trump over 
Cruz. How yes. unbelievable is that? And I don't blame him. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Okay. He's going to stop the gravy train, baby. All right. Well. He's going to shake it all up, and he doesn't care. He'll torch every bridge that he crosses. Trump He will. doesn't care. Trump? Cruz will. No, no, no. No, I think you misunderstood. Every single one of them has endorsed Trump over Cruz. D- D- Bob Dole? Rick Santoro, right. Mike Huckabee. Oh, so you're right. saying? Oh, 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 yo, please. Of See, course. Oh God, this. Listen, I, I'm so he sick is of a this. threat oh, to the. Cruz I'm telling is such you, he's a, a threat. threat to the establishment. That he has, is. No, no, Leah, no, Leah. Sometimes people just don't like you. No, Leah. Sometimes you're just an ass. Yeah. Well, no, if Leah, you're trying some, to take away my it. standard of living uh, and come in here, Mr. Freshman uh, Senator, uh, when no, I'm the no, leadership, and who do you no, think you no. are? Ugh, no. Sometimes, oh yes. Sometimes they're calling him an ass because he's an ass, and that's what no. and you you have bought no. in, you have bought into a myth about Ted Cruz. I can't believe how easily you are duped by some frauds. I mean, it's it pretty is, easy to figure out. No, Look no. at him. You were wrong All about Ben Carson. You were wrong about cats. Carly Fiorina. You're wrong about Glenn Beck. You're wrong about Ted. Cruz, all these people are you frauds. Know I know frauds. I know yeah, frauds. Well, you got a different definition of fraud. All right, all right. Well, we're going to stop this before while we're still friends. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about the Democrats. I'll give you my predictions on what's going to happen there, which I think is going to be influenced by the weather. By the way, when we come back on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And uh, in the next hour, uh, you will want to hear this because this is the type of radio you will not hear anywhere else. Uh, Leah and I will discuss the latest development in whether or not the Ziegler family is going to try to add a member. um, (laughs) Try to add a member. Of the family. (laughs) but, whether or not he's going to have another baby. Okay. There, well, there we go. Um, so we'll talk about that and a bunch of other things in hour number three. Before we move on to the Democrats, though, I was remiss, Leah, because I did not give you an opportunity to respond to my prediction or give your own with regard to the Republicans in the Iowa caucuses. Would you like to do that now? Well, I mean, all I'm going to say is I don't believe that Trump is going to be the winner. Or I certainly hope that Trump's not going to be the winner. I'm in denial um, so you're you thinking know about, with your heart, basically. You're, you're hoping yes. you're hoping Trump won't be the winner. So you're rooting for Cruz because you you like Ted Cruz. Cruz, uh, even Rubio. I mean, some people were saying that Rand Paul, because the whole room was filled with Rand Paul supporters at the debate, um, and his dad did so well there. Who knows what's going to happen? I'm I'm just hoping that it's not Trump at the top. Because you don't think he can beat Hillary, or why? You don't Listen, I, I mean, I'm like you. I'm 50-50 on him. Mm. I mean, I heard Harry Reid uh, on some show was asked who he liked in the GOP field. And he said and Trump. He said Trump, we like, we like Trump better than all the rest mm-hmm. uh, because we can work with him or something like that. Yeah. And then he turns around and says, Chuck Schumer, why are you kicking me? <laughs> <laughs> and Schumer's in the back saying, you know, something else. And it's like, oh, my gosh, we're victims of a 
huge prank on America. <laughs> it does kind of feel that way. I don't believe that anymore, but it, it you know, at some point, it would not stun me if Trump eventually, after you, wouldn't it be amazing if he won the caucus and said, oh, by the way, this is all a big joke. <laughs> you know no, what? No. He, he probably wouldn't what? wait. He would probably wait until he won a few more of these races or maybe even got the nomination. Maybe at this, maybe that'll happen at his nominating speech in Cleveland. No, no, no. They'll finally no, say no, no, the no. joke's on you. He'll win the presidency and go, oh, by the way, listen, I talked to a bunch of smart people, and they all <laughs> said that there's no way that I can build a wall. So we're not going to do that. No, I'm I, telling you, oh, if he does, that. I can see the, that. me too, I the can... pitchforks and the torches yeah. are going to come out like no one has ever no, seen. No. Well, we, we can, let's talk about what Trump would be like as a president after he's won a couple of these races, because that, that'll, there'll be plenty of time to do that, and I think it'll be fascinating to discuss. Um, all right, let's move on to the uh, Democrats and uh, the ongoing saga of Hillary Clinton's emails. What can you tell us about that? Okay, so the State Department did another Friday Hillary email dump like they do, and along with it, an announcement that 22 of those emails from Hillary Clinton will not be released because they contain top-secret classified information. State Department spokesperson John Kirby insisting the documents weren't classified at the time they're sent, but now they're being upgraded by the intelligence community. Now, this has been Hillary's defense all along that nothing sent to or from her was classified at the time that it was sent. Now, she was talking with her old pal, George Stephanopoulos, on uh, ABC. Let's just get it out. Let's see what it is and let the American people uh, draw their own conclusions. This is very much like Benghazi, George. You know, the Republicans are going to continue to use it, beat up on me. I understand that. That's the way they are. That's the way they are. Now, Hillary Clinton also now claiming she's blaming the Republicans and she's claiming internal State Department uh, interagency feuds. She's calling it overclassification run amok. Well, I, I'm, this is going to sound strange since you and I have uh, had rather heated arguments about Ted Cruz, but I'm going to give Ted Cruz some credit because he said it best this week. Uh, Hillary Clinton's not going to be indicted unless Barack Obama wants her to be, and which is what I've been saying for months. And Ted Cruz said that this week, and I don't see any indication that Barack Obama wants her to be. Now, that could no. theori theoretically change, but you cannot be counting on that, folks. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people on our side – are counting on that, and it's influencing their decisions on who they support in the primary, specifically Donald Trump fans, but more on that down the road. As far as what's going to happen tomorrow night, I don't have as strong a feeling about this because I'm not a Democrat. It's hard for me to put myself into the, the thinking process of, of especially the Democrats and the socialists that are in Iowa. But here's my – I have two guesses on this. One, if the weather is not a major concern which it could very well be because it's supposed to be a blizzard coming in late tomorrow night through much of the state of Iowa. I mm. think Hillary barely pulls it out if the weather is not a factor. I think she wins 47-45 to 7, although it's it's these numbers are almost irrelevant because the Democrats, I don't know if you know this, they don't count actual votes. They have a very convoluted process where they're counting percentage of delegates and if you don't get enough threshold like the o'malley people are going to end up splitting they'll be recruited by the by the sanders and the hillary people at each of these precincts i mean it's so there's it's almost impossible to come up with an actual final number 
So, but, but bottom line is I think Hillary would barely win under normal weather circumstances. If the weather is bad, that means the old people and the people who are not as committed are less likely to show up, right? Yes. Correct. Well, that means Hillary voters. <laughs> I, I think Hillary gets— Yeah, because there's no excitement there. Right. There's no excitement, and most of her voters, most of the people that remember Bill Clinton, are old now. So, so the reality is, even though Sanders is old, his people are younger and more committed. So if the weather is bad, I think Sanders beats Hillary. Uh, probably, you know, somewhere in that 40, same same basic numbers, just reverse them. High 40s Boy, by great. three or four points. Um, it's all going to depend on the weather to me, whether or not Hillary beats Sanders. Um, and that, that whole thing has got as much potential to be as, as insane as the Republican side, especially if Sanders somehow wins Iowa. So root for snow if you want that to happen. All right. I want to see Hillary just explode. That would be fun. Know, it would be fun. combustion. It's going to be great. Except, except I don't want President Sanders. All right. When we come back, uh, an hour of radio you will not hear anywhere else on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. 